0: you're listening to modern mia the podcast that tells the stories and discusses the topics that matter most to black professional women and mothers i'm antonia akatunde i'm the founder of ModernMia.com, a website that celebrates and provides a platform for women of color to talk about their career and motherhood journeys and with me in the studio today i have two beauties in the beauty industry with me. Ladies, can you introduce yourself? That was nice. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Wow>. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Karen Tappan. I'm the CEO of Karen's Body Beautiful, and uh, we are carried in national retailers like Target, Bed, Bath & Beyond nationwide. Yay.
0: And Karen has the distinction of being Modern Mia's first hey, uh, mom
2: cool. uh, on the site when we launched in 2012, so, right. so great to see you. Good seeing you, too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Trinisa Denuser, and I'm Vice President of Global Communications and Strategic Alliances for Origins, Ojan, and Darfan at the Estee Lauder companies.
0: Yes, I love your products. Uh, when we had our Indiegogo campaign, you both actually <laughs> helped with the Indiegogo campaign, too, so this is like a coming to, like, our roots moment for me. We just
2: like to help people not be ashy. (laughs) It's my least favorite thing to be ashy. (laughs) I'll tell you. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, I'm really glad that I have you two here because um, I've been thinking a lot about this idea that keeps um, coming up online is um, relationship goals. Like, everyone looking to um, model couples about, you know, oh, he is this great man, and she is this steadfast woman, and they are a beautiful, supportive couple, and I want that in my life, and what does that look like? And something that I keep seeing over and over again is this idea of being a ride-or-die black woman, and, like, it only seems to apply to black women. doesn't seem to apply to the men. (laughs) Um, But what do you guys think of that that concept of being a ride-or-die black woman?
1: Ride or door, die. Well, I've never heard ride or die black woman. And because most of my world consists of primarily black women, I don't. Even, I wouldn't even put the black woman part in it. So that's just like an automatic. Yeah. So we're talking about ourselves. Right. That's
0: that's true. So
1: ride or die. Um, I mean, I I think it can be very foolish to just automatically be ride, ride or die just to say that you're that faithful and that dedicated, regardless of what he does or what happens in the relationship. So... I'm a ride-or-die woman because I have a relationship where both of us rise to that level of dedication and respect and, you know, camaraderie and so on and so forth. But I don't think that it has to be a generic standard. You you, you know, the best relationship is where the woman is ride-or-die and who knows what the guy is doing. Right, right. What do you think?
2: Well, I had to Google the word. And I actually <laughs> never heard of it before, and so... I the first thing that came up was a very negative connotation of mm. sort of the idea of a woman being sort of uber aligned with her partner. Come, you know, in in, it, in, in these situations, it's bad things. He's 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 involved in crime, but yeah. she's there for her man, right. and so it's really wonderful to hear what you're saying, Karen, in that you sort of consider yourself ride or die for a very positive. Point of view, and so as I was digging deeper in my research of sort of trying to be prepared to meet <laughs> with you, I, I I found like deep, 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 there was this place of a different mindset of thinking about ride or die, not 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 necessarily in the same way that you see it as sort of like we're there, rising to the occasion together. I think. The, that that's probably the mindset of most committed couples. They just don't have a label in that. It's right. just like you're committed and yeah. you're trying to make this thing work. It's not ride or die. Right. But there is this thought process that ride or die could also have a connotation of that woman is there for her man because... He's been in a situation and he's trying to get himself out or mm. the society has sort of put him in this box. So this is why he has to do this. And so she's understanding. So there's this sort of unified alliance that they have. It's kind yeah. of like we're going to get through this together because, you know, the quote unquote man or the system is the reason you're in the situation. And so there's that also ride or die connotation, which I saw as. Positive because they sort of have this shared experience, and she gets him in a mm-hmm. way that she's like, "I'm there for you in that regard."
1: Yeah. And to piggyback off of what you're saying, I, I do agree that it generally has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. and I think what it kind of does is um, legitimizes dysfunctional dysfunctionality. Right. Mm-hmm. It says, you know mm-hmm. what? It's all right. You just you stand firm. You yeah. stick with him because it's gonna be rough and though it be rough you going to be there yeah yeah no
2: yeah <laughs> hell no i'm not that one i don't i don't know yeah. well, you know my husband hopefully won't be convicted of a crime or get you know take up some new hobbies that are you know not necessarily on the up and up but i have to think that you know i value myself more mm-hmm. i want to protect my family in a way so that we're not sort of exposed especially in these sort of dangerous choices that can be made yeah. which is what i understand that sometimes that connotation i mean there's a whole laundry list of sort of um hip-hop music that sort of references it and it's never like she loves me because you know i didn't pass the bar (laughs) it's really you know it's very different yeah and you
1: know what i think that that concept of ride or die um has been elevated that conversation because of reality tv because you see because you see um the dysfunction on top of this function, Mm. highlighted and rewarded and celebrated in many ways. And these women stay, even though their man on that reality show is sleeping with numerous women on this show, on other seasons, in other cities, (laughs) making babies, you know. And so that is... Considered okay because she, you know, she was there mm-hmm. and she did whatever she could to have his back even right. though he was doing what he was but doing. Is Do you there think some extra like
2: credit that's being given to those women that are, are sort of putting no, themselves... No, I feel like
1: they get
0: dragged okay. on social media. Like okay. people aren't, they're calling for this idea of being ride or die, but they... Once you see examples of ride or die, then it's like, oh, she's stupid. Oh, why would why she, do she do that? Why does she do
2: that? Why is she in this relationship?
0: It, to your point, do you think it's because there isn't um, more positive images of what a functional relationship looks like that people keep falling back on? this Of course. You know? I don't
1: think I've ever seen a picture of um, Michelle Obama on a meme that says ride or die. <laughs> You know, because she's she's Obama's wife. It's yeah. always one of these reality chicks or some other dysfunction that's going on yeah. in the world where people are like, yeah, girl, you stick, you, you do it. You what will Camille
2: thing. Cosby's meme be? <laughs> the, <That's> ultimate, a- <laughs> the ultimate, the <laughs> ultimate ride or die. Are we segueing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, you said Michelle Obama, and you know he's doing good. You know, he may not have the highest. Favorability rates, but you know he's the president; he's doing his best. So she can; she's a positive ride or die. But we've got this other situation that's, you know, America's family, America's couple. Yeah, she's been she's been holding
0: him down for a very long time because these allegations have been around for
2: decades. And yeah, I I don't know. Was she? How, did she know? I mean... Well,
1: see, I, I really... I'm not mad at her. I feel like we know that women's intuition is a thing. Like, we yeah. women, we we kind of know what's going on, and it's up to you to decide to acknowledge it, do something about it, or however you deal with it, but we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it makes sense that she knows, and that was just their agreement. I mean, because at a certain point, to me, it makes sense. Like, if you are dating a super-duper celebrity... And everybody wants to sleep with your man. Right. And he goes away for long periods of time. And he comes back kind of tired. and He just want to go. Like, what do you think he's doing? I think a lot of times people who are those those kind of folks, those high-level entertainment types or athlete types, they go into the relationship saying, here's what's going to go down. Right. Well,
0: and are you gonna, okay with this? Because right. <laughs> if you want to get in on this D and this money and all of this celebrity lifestyle. Right. This is what comes and with that. Price. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Well, I don't know. I, don't know. I don't know. I think some of those relationships may have started kind of in the sort of dark side anyway. It's like, how did you get into the relationship with him in the first place? Did mm-hmm. you meet him when he was single and free or did you sort of find a way to get in when he was already in a situation? So if you already sort of knowingly go into a relationship with someone or you sort of break up a pre-existing relationship, then manage your expectations, my dear. Because, right. you know, if he was capable of being unfaithful with you, then he, to, to have a relationship with you, then he can be unfaithful to, to be with the next person.
0: Yeah. I think she might also kind of be an, a victim of expectations that... um bill cosby is kind of profiting off of so people are rushing to his defense uh because he is the face of the black family for a lot of people and he has done so much good in the community and a part of that has been also being married for to this woman for so many years (laughs) (laughs) um and so maybe she feels like she's, you know, playing her part and playing her position as, um, as, a, as his wife I to be by his side. I know there's some know, yelling
2: like, and yeah. screaming going on in that house every time a new story comes out. Trust me, Camille has thrown something.
1: I don't. So. Something. Do you, I, I, don't <laughs> I really I don't know. think. I don't. I don't. I think that. I mean, I, I think that part of what they are signing up for is that I want to live a luxurious life. Mm. I want to be given this title of your wife, and so I get that respect and that clout. Mm-hmm. And I want to big ring and I want a big house and I know you'll be gone for long periods of time and I know I I know if you I know two basketball players who one is married one is not and this is I hear the stories that I hear are so ridiculous the things that women do and their wives and their girlfriends know and that's like part of what you sign up for so Mm -hmm. for us not being in that situation and I'm not in that situation I just Mm -hmm. know what I've heard Mm -hmm. to think that well in our lives that we wouldn't put up with that and so, therefore, it's hard to believe that other women yeah. women put up with that. I think we're <clears throat> projecting and that the reality is that many of these people know exactly what,
2: what it is. Well, there are cultures where it's kind of an open <clears throat> understanding that, you know, you're my wife and I will provide. But, you know, I'm going to be having other relationships. And yeah. it's a sort of, you know, an accepted partnership agreement and I have very strong feelings about that because I'm a traditionalist and I, you know, I want to believe that, you know, that, you know, it's very understood that, you know, we're in this together and we're not trying to invite additional players into the mix. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can be respectful of, you know, you know, if you have the tolerance for it and you're not hurting nobody, then you know, do you. Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely wouldn't be a choice for me. I wouldn't right. opt to be. I don't think I need wealth or influence or access to the level where i would diminish myself and sort of saying i'm okay with that type of behavior
0: yeah i guess i I, it assumes that these women are on equal playing fields as these men like going into these relationships and saying like i understand that you're uh, a basketball player or a comedian or a politician and you're gonna have all these women throwing yourselves at you so I'm okay with this. And some of the situations that you see on reality TV, it just seems like these women with incredibly low self-esteem coming into these relationships, looking for validation and hearing over and over again that to keep a man, you have to let him cheat or let him mm-hmm. step us you know, step outside of your relationship or give him hall passes or whatever. Wow um other terminology people use for basically like stepping outside the confines of your relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're in a polyamorous relationship, I try to, not to judge other people's like setups and kinks like do do you if that's an understanding of your relationship and you're both coming at it on the same page and
2: same playing field. You but... don't want to be the last one to know your relationship is polyamorous. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that's just truth. <laughs> See, I would argue that uh, describing the, that couple's relationship as them not being on equal footing. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't be on equal footing. Like, why, why are they not on equal footing? Uh, in, in what? Um, like in the reality TV situation? No, when you, you mentioned it uh, like a minute or so ago, you were talking about when you go into this relationship, and so he may be an athlete, and he's got lots of power and influence and money, and she's a model. Mm-hmm. And so you, you were, I think you were saying that those two are not in the same playing field. Um I guess not not in all cases right there's exceptions to every rule
0: but the general story as I see played out are these women who are just so wanting to it doesn't seem like not that they're not bringing anything to the table but what they want is him and he's up here and to get to where he's at they have to make um exceptions to like their like you know I don't know if I personally would think that I, to keep a man, I would have to, like, turn a blind eye to these things that he's doing and then to, you know, pretend, like, I'm the victim or, you know, in the in the situations where the narrative is she's the victim of his cheating, I don't think that they were on even playing fields. If it's, like, I know my man cheats and I'm okay with that because I'm set up in this kind of way, that's fine. But if it's, you know, oh, look at poor so-and-so, he's been cheating on her and she just wants to keep her man so she turns a blind eye, then...
1: I don't know. Well, she chose to be a victim. That's uh, and so that's that's a whole nother conversation because right. to me, if you caught him once, that was just one out of many times they didn't did it. Yeah, preach. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you got to teach people how to treat you and all those different types of of, of things. But that's but, the
2: bigger conversation, I think. That you know, to your point of sort of like the how do you value yourself mm-hmm. and that. Is a bigger challenge, and sort of like, what are we glorifying in our culture that is sort of who you should be? And so maybe there's an unspoken that you know there's that expectation that you be in uh, willing to play in that role in the sort of like, you know, hall pass relationships. I love that term. I've never heard before, but that's (laughs) awful, but it works. Um, So I think that you know, what are we doing? And we're two black women who have places and work in areas of influence, how can we sort of help this next generation of young women know that that's unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, just as affirmed as you are about, you know, where you are and sort of saying, I'm not that person. I've already said, I don't think I would make that choice for myself. Yeah. Um, how is it that we're wired to have to make that distinction about our, how we value ourselves and how is that something that you can convey? Is yeah. that something that can be taught? Mm-hmm. Is that something that can be instilled in this woman that maybe, or this young teenage girl that's sort of trending in her behavior right. to sort of, to be the next ride or die partner.
0: Yeah. It's, It's upsetting when you see things like, um, there was this article, like, right after, um, the Chris Brown and Rihanna situation and the photos came up and I was in, um, Journalism school. And so we were talking about like the ethics of her photo having been released. And I was on a website and there were all these young girls saying, oh, I don't care, Chris, you could beat me like she can't handle it. Like, oh, that's I, I can handle it. And I think it's it's part and parcel of this depiction of relationships where the women are expected to play their position, ride mm-hmm. or die. Yeah, so I I totally I totally see what you're saying and and do think there's a need to present different types of relation healthier models of relationships. Something
2: something's definitely broken. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the 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 a, a big answer to that question is what's going on in the media, what's going on in music, of what's course. going on in television, because life imitates art.
2: Mm-hmm. Period. Well, it doesn't help that like America's dad is the worst culprit, apparently, or being accused of things. You know, we had this idyllic and iconic sort of representation of what could be. Yeah. And now that has been put into question. And so, you know, it is, it's like a TV show from the what 80s and 90s, uh-huh. but it still made such a tremendous impact. How many people were affected by seeing that positive representation of, of who they could be? hope to be mm-hmm. and so to now have his legacy being brave singular unwrite that script because it wasn't real yeah. it wasn't you know he wasn't that sort of embodiment of the character he's played he's potentially doing something that's dastardly to women and so you know so to your point yeah the the media can definitely play a role there were these positive sort of moments and now we're at this place where we have this sort of big gasp of feeling like, boy, we've been betrayed. You know, I don't know what's right and I don't know the story, but it doesn't sound good. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was great. And I think the, what you were saying earlier about like, what does it look like to have these, um, these relationships that we can model and teach young women, I would like to ask you guys questions about your relationships, um, when we get back from the break. All right, and we're back with Karen and Tranisa and uh, we were talking about this idea of um, modeling healthier ideas of um, what a a functioning couple looks like. Um, And we had a recent conversation on uh, Modern Mia's Facebook page about this idea of women putting their career goals on hold so that their their partners can, you know, uh, flourish with their careers and then coming back to their career later if they so choose. And it brought up very interesting conversations about work-life balance and what a husband or a partner should bring to the table to make sure that you have um, work-life balance. So how do you guys' relationships work? How do you work with your husbands to make sure that you have some semblance of work-life balance?
2: I don't know if I really have. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's definitely something I strive for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you you remember when we talked, you know, a few years ago, it's it's a priority for me to continue to make that goal to balance. You know, it's in the forefront Mm -hmm. Do I always get it right? No, I'd be lying to say that I did. Um, I think that, you know, my children are getting to this point now where I can actually have a rational conversation with them. I have a daughter that's going to be 15 soon. I have a seven-year-old son. So these people, I can sit down and have a conversation, and I can literally say, you know, I've got to be out of the country. Mommy's going to have to work late. I've got to do this. And I've literally said, you know what? I love you so much. I don't have any more right now. I'm mm-hmm. tired and Mommy needs to get a good night's rest so that I can have it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of this now I have this moment of sort of feeling like I can give myself permission to sort of be less than super mom and just be rational with my children and and hopefully they'll forgive me for that because I'm doing it for us. And I'm not saying I'm just doing it for you because I'm a little selfish. I'm doing it for me too. I love the work that I do and I love being able to help provide for my family. So I'm doing it for us.
0: And what role does your husband play in the like day-to-day delegation? Like if you have to work late or you have to go um, abroad for work, like, How do you guys juggle that to make sure that, you know, everyone's supported?
2: It's... it's it's always juggling. It's a juggling act actually because, you know, he'll have times it's, it's always that one time that I need to be late. He's like, well, I need to be late too. <laughs> so we have to figure these things out. But, you know, there's this whole idea that, you know, we're going to balance it out. He's in the position as a writer where he has more flexibility with his schedule so he can work in the office in the house and we can sort of pre-plan that he's like, maybe you don't go into your office in the city because we're going to, you know, I need you to be here when the, when the child child care provider's time ends, then someone's got to be here with the kids. And so we really have to negotiate with each other's time because I wouldn't suggest that, you know, what I'm doing is more important than the things that are important to him. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I can get into that place of sort of like, well, what I've got planned is more important than what you've planned. And that just really can set us up for a not so pleasant dinner. (laughs) Um, So I think that, you know, there is that sort of balancing act of sort of talking through like you know what are the priorities for the week or in the morning when we're having our morning tea what are the priorities for the day where are you going to be where are you going to be I mean it really it's a conversation and and there's some choreography especially when I'm out of the country for a long period of time sometimes we have to ship in relatives to help out you know because his schedule he's busy as well and so we're really fortunate to have family that's supportive as well beyond you know the foursome that's in my house yeah
1: yeah what about you Karen? So my relationship with my husband is very traditional, and so he's got his roles, I've got my roles, everything is complementary, it makes the machine work, makes everything um, move uh, through the day swimmingly, and so because there's certain things that I do, there's certain things that he does, there's never a hiccup, and plus because we own our own business, we control our schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I work when I want to work. Yeah. I don't work when I don't want to work. If there is some kind of emergency and I have to go pick up my daughter from school in the middle of the day, then I could shift around my meetings because I'm the boss. So right. the meetings happen when my schedule you know, allows it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's easy. So when people ask me about work-life like balance... I don't have to think about it because it's built into the nature of my relationship with my husband. He yeah. does X, I do Y. We come together, we make it happen, we do it over again the next day. Yeah,
0: was that a conversation that you guys had um, before the uh, before Imani um,
1: was born, or no? It was never a conversation. Our relationship has always been that way. So we've been together for sixteen years, and she's only eight years old. So we had eight years prior to her being a, a, a you know a person <laughs> whose schedule needs to be managed too. Mm. So but because primarily he, what he does he's a COO so his lane is what it is and mine is what it is and it overlaps when it needs to overlap and then we go back to our lanes and so we just by definition and by default we are doing what we do we come together we bring other people in we have meetings and it just kind of it just moves along swimmingly
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, swimmingly. Yeah. Swimmingly, That's one. Of you my guys have been
0: using words word. that, like, I feel like people need to be bringing back, like, let's swimmingly. Bring, let's bring
2: back swimmingly. Dastardly. Dastardly. <laughs> that was yeah, so good. That was a- <laughs> dastardly. <laughs> I
0: was like, ooh, he was dastardly. Yeah. We mm. to start saying that. Right. So, um, something I can't remember where I read it, but it it seems that women are doing more work than ever because they are working. Um, You know, they're in the workforce. They're not. um, I mean, I guess that was always the story with black women. We've always been working. It's not like there was a a period of being a stay at home wife and then you go into the workforce. But um, there seems to be um, this this issue where women are working more on top of their their work. They have to do um, like cleaning and uh, cooking and all these kind of gendered roles that men kind of don't have as part of their mm-hmm. traditional roles. Do you have to deal with that in, in your family or how do you guys?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm happy to say that there's not that expectation that I'm coming home from my full day of work and, and cooking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is something that I love to do for my family. But, you know, we've sort of just said, listen, like I told you, I'm having these really rational conversations like mom loves you you must eat that's important but I'm not going to be the one that's cooking it yeah so and my husband doesn't cook so you know we have an arrangement the food's there the children are highly nourished don't worry <laughs> but I'm not really directly responsible for that on the day-to-day mm-hmm. um you know I will you know I I love taking the time to do my fresh direct order yeah. and make sure the stuff that they need to eat is in the house mm-hmm. I do that, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, as far as cleaning, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily sort of make that a priority. I have, I'm fortunate that I can have someone help me out with mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah. And that's not the case for everyone. Um, but you know, I'm making some choices. You know, it's like I'd much rather have the time to be with my kids and do something other than saying, "Oh Lord, we got to vacuum the floor and wash." Right. You know, this is all <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's like you know, I can, I can actually see my mom. You know, when she would come home and she's a, she's a psychotherapist in a private practice and she would like. have have this day, you know, people come and see their therapist at night, and she's tired, and then she felt like she had the vacuum, and it's like, no, no, who cares? You know, But so I've sort of trained myself to not have the expectation that I'm going to have this job that I have, which is really large, Mm -hmm. and then have to come home and feel obligated to, like, scrub my own toilet. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Hate me. I don't care. I don't want to do it. But I will buy the cleaning supplies.
1: (laughs) See, my relationship is very traditional, right. so I managed making sure that the house is clean so I have someone who comes in, so right. I make sure that she comes in, yeah. and, and so if I feel like going to the supermarket, I'll go. If not, I may have her go, but my husband, because we have such a traditional relationship, he literally will, if there's no food that's cooked, that he doesn't feel like cooking, he'll wait and wait and be hungry and wait for me to come home and what? make sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and usually he's but, working, so it's not like he's just sitting there. Yeah, like yeah. being hungry He'll... and <laughs> right. waiting
0: for you to come home.
1: <laughs> right, so I imagine that him working has taken his attention away from being hungry. But he, yeah, that's that's my job, to make sure there's food, to make sure the laundry's done, and the kind of traditional roles that women
2: play. I love hearing you and say expect, that you have a traditional uh-uh. role. I mean, that I didn't expect that, honestly. Yeah. It's really yeah, and I expect. Well, why didn't you expect stuff. that? Because mine isn't. So. <laughs> You're projecting. I'm definitely projecting, but I know the way when she says it, we're traditional, and there's and there could be a connotation to be like, why, is it, why, why do you have to be in that role? And right. you know, it, it's not to spar. It's just to sort of shine light on your sort of affirmation that that's great. It works for us, yeah. and there are representative families and couples that play in those roles and they're they're, they're getting along swimmingly. <laughs> uh, and and so what so when I hear you and I think about sort of the working dysfunction of sort of like me not cleaning, not act being expected to cook and then sort of the juggling act of like what what country am I in and you know what's going on in my household, it's the same level of, you know, it works for us right but it's just it's I love the the contrast of mm-hmm. you know she says we're traditional and I, and I say we're crazy <laughs> <laughs> you're not crazy it just works for it you guys. Works right. for, exactly. it works yeah. for us yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um so what does an ideal husband look like in this idea of work-life balance struggle
1: ideal husband so I mentor a lot of people because I travel a lot and because I'm Karen I'm the brand and yeah. people are like oh you're Karen I want to ask you you know 100 questions about how to do this that and the other and so I sit down with a lot of mostly women and so they'll usually say that their partner their boyfriend their husband whoever they're with does not support their business thinks they're being foolish it's stop oh. wasting their time get a real job and, and that is the common thought process it's common mentality so I, I I know that it is probably more rare um, to have someone who supports you and who understands that, no, you can't take a vacation because there's no money to take a vacation, and so this is what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's important to find someone prior to... See, the type of person I've always been, I'm very practical. So I when I was dating, I would be very specific about who I would even continue a conversation with. Yeah. So if I met a gentleman... And I'd make sure in the very first few minutes that we were talking that, A, he had a job and this was a good job. (laughs) Yeah. And that he had a car because I wasn't getting on no train. Right. And I wasn't driving my car because I'm a traditional woman. You're going to come pick me up and you're Mm -hmm. going to take me home. Yeah. Um, And so I make sure all those things were in place in five minutes. And if they weren't, bye-bye. I'm on to the next.
0: My friend calls that auditioning for husbands, which I think is like a perfect
1: way to <laughs> describe I think so. it. Yeah. I think it makes sense yeah. instead of finding out in five years that you really don't agree, you're not on the same page mm-hmm. and now you've got all kinds of issues that really you have this uh, irreconcilable difference right. that you just can't get over. Yeah. So I think finding out all that information in the beginning, understanding that where you are, the place that you're in in your life, being an entrepreneur um, and that requires as many jobs, a lot of time and a lot of ups and downs and un uncertain futures and, you know, just the uncertainty
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, 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 living that life and that it's a lonely life and that if you don't have someone that could hold you down. So I have a girlfriend who is an entrepreneur. She's owned her own business for 10 years. And so her boyfriend is very creative
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he is, um, he, he doesn't like to work. He likes to, you know, he likes to do his creative thing. And I, I said to her when she started dating him. Sorry,
0: is shaking her head. Sorry, Trenese's shaking her <laughs> head. I'm sorry. So.
1: <laughs> I said to her when she started sorry. dating him, I said, what you, the amount of effort that you put into your business, you really should be looking for someone who could hold you down so that you could play in the entrepreneur world and you, got, you ain't got to worry about who's going to pay the rent mm-hmm. and the light bill is due and you got to pay your staff. Yeah. And now she's been with him for years and years and they're dealing with that issue every week. And I'm like, but I told you so. Right. I told you so at the door when you started dating this dude, and now you got mm-hmm. issues.
0: And that's, like, a lot of time, too, of, like, how long have they been together?
1: Um, seven years. Seven years. Like,
0: it's either you you accept that this is what your relationship is, or you...
1: Right, and she wants children... He doesn't want children. Oh, no. She wants to get married. He doesn't want to get married. And I'm like, but you could have found out all of that by date two. Yeah. I have been on dates with people and been like, you know what? I'm gonna wait for the appetizer. <laughs> but this is not gonna work. <laughs> this is not gonna work. Like Karen what you is just all said. About it. <laughs> what you just said completely turned me off. Yeah. Check, please. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you're you gonna have pay time the check because oh. I'm a traditional, I'm a traditional <laughs> woman.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey.
0: And you have a job because right. I yeah. found that out in date one. Right. You you can pay for it for day two yeah right, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. well
2: i think that there's you know there are some stories that are out there you know talking about sort of the shift and sort of the women especially me where you have your own business i i work in a, in a corporate environment and i've been in this space and i've grown in this space and so my career is in a place where you know i'm able to provide in a way that allows space for us to not both have to be you know on the same level, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I'm married to someone who is a creative. So when you said that, I was like, "Well, she's so being ready to start talking about my situation." <laughs> but you know that you know, and that's where to your question and sort of the whole forum here is sort yeah. of like, "What is it, and how do you navigate this?" And it's like, if I'm going to be the person that's going to have to be in Asia three times this year, and we have children, it's wonderful that I'm in a relationship with someone that has that flexibility. He right. has a career choice that sort of affords him. You gotta work, you right, right, then don't, right? Don't 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 go don't go. Don't, okay, he, he works. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be income coming yeah. in, you know. But then you know, and and there was this point because I I'm hardwired, you know, young you know woman singing like the man's supposed to do what to do to do. And so I mean, there is that sort of traditionalist vein in yeah. me too, you know. I yeah. you know I grew up watching my father be a provider, and you know there was just nothing he wouldn't do to make sure his family had. So I can't unlearn that. Right. But then as I evolved in my own relationship, and then manage the expectations of sort of like, what are the roles that we're playing? They are untraditional. Did you cast this thing? Because, <laughs> because, I mean, it really is. and sort of like, yeah. I'm in sort of this job and sort of this corporate sort of fast moving, fast paced, high demand space. Mm-hmm. And I'm married to a creative who has every interest to sort of make his things work. Yeah. but Work is the key word, but it's definitely not on the same level. And so how do we balance that out mm-hmm. when it comes to sort of our household and managing our children? It's like my children have grown up knowing that their father was 100% available no matter what they did or what song they were singing in the school production or anything like that, they have the luxury of saying daddy was there. Daddy wasn't like mom who sometimes wasn't there because I'm on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And so there is that trade-off. And right. it's not traditional. And it's I struggle with it. I continue to struggle with it because I am hardwired with it's my true. own upbringing. to sort of like the man's supposed to be that provider. The yeah. man's supposed to look at me with doe no eyes and say, <laughs> where's my dinner? You know, it's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, and so I've resisted that yeah. and I've evolved into sort of being like, this is my reality right. and I'm making right. it work for me. Yeah. But, you know, I do have my moments. And so when I hear of someone that has an opportunity to maybe not make that choice, that's when I shake my head. I'm like, it's not easy, yeah. you know, because it you can get yourself into a situation, especially it sounds like this guy is taking advantage of the fact that, you know, she's doing what she's doing and he's just coming along. I don't know their situation, right. but, is. you know...
1: But I I knew that when I shook his hand and met him when she introduced me him. Did he have a weak
2: handshake? He did. He did. I know I do judge people. I do too. It's bad. It's bad. Sorry, High five, Trini. Oh, that's great. Oh, can I just ask a random stream of consciousness question? Yeah, yeah, sure. What did Florida Evans do as a job? Oh. Doom, 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 (laughs) doom. Now, come on. You got to offer someone a prize if they can tell us what did Florida Evans do. She was a working mom. What was her job?
0: What was her job? I I don't know off the top of my head, but if someone emails info at modernmia.com with the answer, <laughs> um, we will hook them up with some some kind of goodie. That
2: was a model family. Yeah. Don't you ever sleep on Good Times? That's, well, you know, they're very traditional.
1: Right, that's true.
2: I didn't
0: I didn't watch Good Times growing up. Yeah. Well, my parents are Nigerian, so yeah. There's like a lot of like.
1: And she's also about 20 years too. Okay. (laughs)
2: Sorry. So I've just (laughs) aged myself. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it when it was actually on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why I know the theme song is because of a Chappelle show skit. It was like, I know black people, and he sang the, um, the chorus or whatever the theme song. And, like, no one knew it except for, like, one random white guy and, of like, course. a professor. In black studies, probably. <laughs> right. 1970s TV history
2: <laughs>
0: professor, yes. Um, do you guys have examples of couples that you look up to in terms of, uh you know, work-life balance? Or, mm-hmm. you know, they could be real people in your life or celebrities. Um, I
2: like the blackish family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally in the, but I would just say, you know, we may have our faves, but I'm like— type- you only see what people want you to see right I mean honestly Mm -hmm. you know I I think that we sort of branded our family in a way that it it works but that's because that's what I want you to see you know you're not you're not in you're not in my house you don't know the gray hairs that I have you don't know the the hushed conversations that I have with my husband because our children are older so we can't just like carry on yeah so I think that you know you only see what people want you to see because I think even in the family sector sort of branding yourself mm-hmm. who are we? Yeah, you know, Are we the fun creative outgoing people that do vacations together or we lie and say we don't watch TV family or whatever <laughs> that is you know it's just like you know who is it that how what is your what are you projecting? Yeah. But I mean I do love sort of a, from a fictional point of view and I know these are real people mm-hmm. Um, and you know there are people that are sort of executives and doctors and have these high power job, power jobs and they can come together and work mm-hmm. and so I love what black is just doing for tv and sort of and i also love how he sort of doesn't forget where he's he's come from and that piece is sort of like yeah we can have all this but i can remember my days in compton right, and didn't. i can instill that in my children mm-hmm. and i can be frustrated that maybe they have so much that they won't know that kind of that right. sort of mm-hmm. character building experience that uh-huh. he's had right so that i mean that's one mm-hmm. but my mom and dad are actually fabulous yeah, yeah. fabulous representatives of yeah. you know a marriage
0: I didn't realize how much sacrifice and balance and juggling my parents were doing, like, as a child in their home until I started the website, really, and started talking to other couples. Like, my um, mom worked um, really, really early in the morning at a nursing home, and my dad had, like, a, a, you know, regular nine to five. And so when it was time to get up, my mom wasn't there. So from kindergarten to, like, third grade, my dad was doing my hair, like, before um, I went, you know, natural later in life. My dad was, like, putting in the just-for-me, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, relaxer oh, and, like, washing my beautiful. hair and, like, um, getting us all ready and getting us off on the bus. And then um, my mom would be there to pick us up. And, you know, there was there was definitely, like, a, some choreography happening that that's I couldn't appreciate until I was like, well, how did y'all do that for, like, three of us? <laughs> really? <For, like, laughs> Wow, it, it was a, a lot of work. So now I appreciate my parents a lot more, especially now that I'm thinking about you know I'm engaged now. I want to have a family. What does that look like? And the one solid example I have are my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels accessible to me.
1: Me too. I don't watch enough TV to I, like. I've never seen Blackish. I've mean, I've never even seen The Cosby Show. I've just uh-huh. seen clips here and there. Uh-huh. So I you know I see the image that he's supposed to portray, um, but I. My my example is also my parents, except contrary to your situation, there was a lot of dysfunction in my household. Mm. So my mother was w- the working person, and for twenty years my father was smoking crack. Oh, okay, he was causing problems in the uh-huh. household. My mother was holding it down. Yeah, but even through all of that craziness, he still was very present. Oh, okay, so he would be home basically every other week, every other day. He didn't go stray for very long. Mm-hmm. And when he came home, he was like, "Let me see your homework." Oh, wow. He's, he's a brilliant person. He's a great mathematician, a really good writer. And so I'm a really good writer because he checked my homework. Oh. Through his crack haze days, yeah. hazy days, he still would come home and be like, let me see your homework. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Do it over. You know, And so the, the whole West Indian yeah. academic authoritarian came out. And so he was still there. Mm-hmm. My mother would give him the big chicken, the big piece of chicken. Of course. He would eat first. Then my brother, who was younger than me, would eat next. Like, she was very, very traditional in that way. So even though my brother's younger than me, he would eat second, and then all the rest of us would somehow find something to eat in there. Yeah. Um, and so I said to myself, because I'm very practical, okay, my father, not a good example. But what I did learn, the good things that I learned and that I liked was the traditional, the traditionality of their relationship and their interfacing and I'm going to make sure I don't find a dude that is half-stepping and not pulling his weight. Yeah. And so I'm very strict on that. And so I, I, my friends used to call me when I was dating a serial dater because I would start to date someone and find something wrong and be like, ah, get out of here. Next. <laughs> yeah. I'm not putting up with right. none of this. And all of that, I realized in hindsight as an adult, I got all of that. I'm not having it from my father mm-hmm. or seeing my father.
0: Right that informed your decision about what you were looking for yeah. in a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. Ooh, that was
1: that, that, was, a, that
2: was a nice share. Yeah. Oh. Thank you yeah, for yeah, thank that. Thank you for sharing. No, that's that's that's, that's that explains your hardwiring for your traditional mindset. I mean, mm-hmm. I, honestly, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Thank and you. I think it's really amazing that your father threw his crack haze to say what you've said was like, let me see the homework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, it's almost like he was trying to break through in his role, even though he was doing his thing. But he was like, I'm I'm the father and I'm going to have this moment of clarity to show my children and it's impacted you in a way that's so positive and your writing is now testament to his sort of attentiveness exactly. to you know you even when he was doing what he was doing amazing share wow oh. thank you yeah 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 you don't hear well, that he's it.
1: clean now so it's easy I was for in me in to share yeah. okay. he's been clean for about 15 years and okay. he's an amazing human being oh. so he's making up for yeah all that craziness <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. And this has been so perfect and so much food for thought. Uh, We'll pick this back up when we get back from our break. With our final segment, Things That Gave Us Life, where we'll go around and share um, something that happened in our week that made us really happy. So, Karen, you start first. What made you happy made this made week? made me
1: really happy? So my daughter, she's eight years old, and I usually, not usually, I always keep her hair in cornrows because mm-hmm. it's just easy. I get it done every two weeks. And... Um, Every day, literally, she begs me to wear it out. Can she wear it out? You know, because she wants to wear a big afro. Yeah. And so because we're often together, excuse me, and she comes to some events with me, she sees the positive attention that I get in people saying nice things about my hair. And sometimes it makes her feel bad because they'll say nice things about my hair and they won't say anything to her. So she'll say... Well, what about me? I'm standing right here. My cornrows are are very beautiful. I really like this style. Like, I chose this style because this is my favorite style, and no one's saying anything. And so I'll usually say, well, they just didn't see you because you're so short and sad. (laughs) Of course, your hair is beautiful. They meant both of us. And she's like, no, they were looking at you, and they said afro, and that means you. (laughs) So anyway, saying all that to say, this week I decided to um, pick her hair out. So now she's got a big afro. So she went to school and so she's getting all these compliments. So she came home. and She was like, mommy, everyone loved my hair. People kept saying over and over, my classmates, everybody in the school. That was day one. Then the second day, she was like, people still love my hair. <laughs> the same people who told me they love my hair yesterday are telling me again today. And then yesterday we were walking down the street together. And we got two group compliments. A gen- two gentlemen said, I love your afros, plural. Oh. So my daughter was like, Mommy, he said afros. <laughs> He's talking to both of us. Oh wow! And so that was so, it was so beautiful because, I mean, what better way can one kind of um, measure one's self-love? Yeah. Like you are, you have kinky hair, it's nappy, whatever you want to call it, but it's yours. Mm-hmm. And that she was so proud to wear it and she just, I mean, she's been begging me for a long time, so I knew that that passion was there. It was underlying. But now she can do it. And so she just—so I asked her yesterday, I said, so do you you love wearing your hair? And she said, yes! (laughs) And she just had this exclamation. I wish I taped it because it was priceless. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. Priceless. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Oh, yay. My daughter ain't failing no doll tests. I'm just
2: saying. Oh. oh no doll tests. You've done something right, Mommy. <laughs> I know. Hey. I know.
0: Because that's like, that's a testament to how much you love yourself and your beauty that you can pass that on to your daughter, too. Like, that's, right. that's, oh, yes, <laughs> to right. all of that, to all of that,
2: Ternisa. Well, I, I, I was trying to think if I would pick another scenario, but it's always going to come back to the cheering. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking just this past weekend, um, my son is has some tutoring that he has on uh, Saturdays. And so... I have sort of, you know, I, I love to do my Fresh Direct, but now that I'm taking him to tutoring, there's a grocery store mm. right across the street, and so he has an hour there, and I said, well, I'll just start saying I'll just do, like, the family grocery shopping while he's in his tutoring session. So mm. I screamed at my door, and I'm like, Dylan, wake up. I want you to come with me to help me to go to the grocery store, and you can pick some stuff that you like. And I'm trying to, like, bribe her. Like, you can get food you like. And mm-hmm. so... Um, Long story short, we go to pick Roman up after we'd been at the grocery store and we were running late. So I said, let me just pull up in front here and you go and grab your brother out of his tutoring session. And so I was sort of parked illegally, but I was looking out of my rearview mirror and just sort of, and I'm feeling good. You just have those days where you get these rushes of, like unexpected joy joy, yeah Yeah, it was just like oh can I bottle it can I smoke it (laughs) I mean it's really wonderful that I had that feeling and so just that I had that moment of feeling content that's really what it was I look in my rearview mirror and I watch my children come out of the school and they're laughing and there's a big age difference a seven-year age difference so they're usually just like at each other's throats (laughs) And it was an unmonitored moment that I was mm-hmm. sort of eavesdropping on with my children oh, wow. where they were walking out and they were, she was, I guess my daughter said like, kind of, how did it go? And he's like, hey, hey, hey. you know, he was just <laughs> definitely, you know, being seven and she was being like the uber mature, you know, yeah. 14, almost 15 oh, yeah. year old. Yeah. But the exchange was so delicious. Mm-hmm. It was just like this wonderful palpable moment of saying I did that yeah. I looked at my children and said I did that they're caring for each other mm-hmm. they're engaging with each other she's being responsible for her and then forget about it when she grabbed his hand across the street the tear just came Aww. out of my eye Aww. I was just like I did this <laughs> these kids are great yeah. and then like 32 seconds later they were bickering when they got in the car <laughs> right. but it was just like this moment Aww. I will never forget to sort of eavesdropping sort of just spying on my children, just being what I love to imagine they'll be as they grow up right. and they'll call each other and she'll go away to college before he does and so there'll be this longing that I know he'll have. He's like the pesky younger kid brother <laughs> but I know there's just going to be this moment where that gap will sort of close yeah. and right. that that moment that they had there will be the moment that they'll always have as right. they mature together yeah. and it just made me feel like maybe I did something right, right. or just if it's not me it's just a blessing uh-huh. to see that That's and great. so I was so so Grateful, I shed a tear. Then I laughed at myself. I'm like, What's wrong with you? And then they started bickering, and the moment was over.
1: Right, right. Was over. Nice, oh, that's, that's beautiful.
0: beautiful. That's like a moment where you see your past, present, and future, and their oh, yeah. past, present, and future all. Yeah,
2: like,
0: uh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
2: Of course, thank you for making me re- replay that because it really did impact me in a yeah. very positive way. Nice, oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Nice.
0: Yay. Um, a thing that gave me life this week, um, is kind of. Uh, in a the representation matters vein. Um so I mentioned earlier that I um that I'm engaged and, you know, there's this um onslaught of questions about like what's your wedding gonna look like? When are you gonna do it? Blah blah blah. What is your dress gonna look like? And so I got all these suggestions from friends of like wedding blogs that I should be following. And um they're really beautiful, but they're very, very white and it was just like annoying that I I couldn't see You know, beautiful brown women getting married in these spaces of like where people are saying, oh, this is where you should go to get inspired for your wedding. Um, So I was going on Instagram and um, I'm having a Nigerian Jewish wedding. I'm like really excited about bringing both of our cultures together. Um, and I found this website called uh, Bella nija Weddings, and it is just filled with gorgeous pictures of black women getting married in traditional head wraps and like dresses and like dancing. and it's getting me like super excited for my wedding mm-hmm. um to see all these brown, beautiful people like just like just being beautiful and mm-hmm. celebrating their loves. And I'm just like getting really excited for having. I'm excited. <laughs> 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 so, like, you know, because um, I guess I, I, I call myself the most Nigerian out of my parents' kids because, like, I went, I've went i been to Nigeria. I, like, have relationships with uh, my family, even though they're, you know, very far away. And to be able to, like, present that culture that I, like, it's kind of a private thing for myself. Like, outside of my name, I don't—I'm not, like, the most Nigerian person ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to convey that, that love that I have for my culture and my wedding and to, like— be inspired by people who, who are doing it it just that gave me life this week so I got really excited about like having a big headdress and just like getting sprayed and like what? <laughs> dancing and yeah so I'm really excited I'm excited for <laughs> you yes. thank you for sharing that oh, thank you guys and thank you for being here um, where can the people find you if they want to learn more about you lovely ladies
1: well my website is karensbodybeautiful.com my products are carried in Tarjay <laughs> Um, But Bath & Beyond, I'll be in Walmart, Walgreens, Sally's, and a whole bunch of other other stores this year. And um, and my social media, which is usually Karen's Beautiful, you know, Instagram or Twitter slash Karen's Beautiful. And then on Facebook, it's Karen's Body Beautiful, Mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash Karen's Body Beautiful.
2: Well, um, you can just go to uh, the website to, to look at our brands. There are so many, but Origins.com, Mojan.com, dafan.com if you want to learn about what I do and the brands that I represent. But if you're interested to learn more about me, my uh, social media handle is Treehug, T-R-E-H-U-G. And, you know, everyone calls me tree. And so I work for brands that are connected to nature. So I just became tree hug. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's nice. great. And you
0: can follow Modern Mia at um, modernmia.com. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Modern Mia. Um, if you have any suggestions for a future show topic that you would like us to do, you can email us at info at And we'll see you next time.